from the Kramer Basketball Headquarters in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. You are listening to the Coach's Edge podcast, powered by Coach. Here is your host, Steve Kramer. We want to thank you for listening to this episode with the Coach's Edge podcast brought to you by coachesedge.coach. And April is one of the few times out of the year that we really encourage coaches to join our membership. In fact, uh, shout out to Coach Boyd, who's listening down in Florida. He sent us a message about a week ago and he was asking, you know, is there a time that we should join the Coach's Edge? April is one of those times. We like to launch in April, July, and October. And then throughout basketball season, really like to lock in and work with those coaches that are inside of our membership. With that said, can you join coachesedge.coach anytime? Of course you can, but it's a very smooth transition as we get new members throughout the same month in April, the same month in July, same month in October before the season starts. And it's really good for us to be able to get together to talk about what the membership looks like and for me to get a feel for how I can do a better job of serving the coaches inside our membership because I look at it as much more than a resource site. I look at it as how can I help you out? That could be with Zoom calls that we have as groups or individually. That could be phone calls, emails, whatever that might be, watching game film for you. Try to help however I can. But if you're on the fence about joining CoachesEdge.Coach or you've just been waiting, now is the time to join CoachesEdge.Coach. Right. So while you're listening to this episode, click down in the description, hit that link and let's go jump on. Let's, let's do this. We continue to get messages from coaches that are just surprised with how many resources are inside the membership. And it's only going to grow because of uh, the new dribble drive offense course that we're putting in the one, three, one defense uh, presentation that's coming in the ball screen presentation that's coming in. Uh, The new ball handling program that we just finished that's available on the Kramer basketball app and in the Coach's Edge membership. Um, There's so many things going on. We got some really cool videos of how you can break in some some of the read and react offense as well with Coach Burton at Southern Maine Community College. So, so many really good things. Probably the most resources that we've uploaded in a short amount of time is this April and May. So if you're thinking about jumping into CoachesEdge.coach, now is the time. And if you have questions, hit me up, contacts at KramerBasketball.com. Thanks for listening. Let's get back to the show. I'd like to give a warm Coach's Edge welcome to Coach Kevin R. Rice Lake out in Wisconsin. Coach's Edge member as we dig into some five-out offense. Uh, this is going to be a great, great episode. Coach Orr, thanks for taking the time. Well, thank you, Coach. I'm real excited to be to be here and discuss um, what we do offensively. So, um, you know, I, I coach at a, uh, the varsity here in Rice Lake, Wisconsin. Uh, we're a school of about maybe 700, 720. Uh, we're in a big conference. Um, uh, this year we had a, I think we were like 14 and 11 or 15 and 12, something like that. Um, had an opportunity to coach both of my sons this year. Um, one of them was the senior. One of them was a sophomore. Um, you know, had, you know, I've been at the school for 20 some years. Um, uh, and it's, it's been, it's been a lot of fun. Love mm-hmm. what I do. Um, love beating, being a part of your program. And, uh, I'm just excited to share to people that, uh, want to learn and improve and get better. Mm-hmm. A lot of people listen to this podcast. I'm sure when they clicked on it, uh, they're going to be interested because when you hear five out, that's that's very general. Like a lot of teams could run five out. It could look very different. So uh, anytime there's an episode like this, it'd be great for us as coaches to hear how you run your five out offense. And uh, you'd be pretty modest on that intro. I mean, you guys had a pretty successful season this year and uh, a regular season against some pretty big schools. Yeah, you know, we did. We lost in the regional championship. Um, it was a battle. Um, one of my better players went down with about seven minutes to go. Um, and we just couldn't overcome that, but, um, it, it, it was a great year. It really was. And, uh, um, you know, I feel very fortunate, very blessed to coach some tremendous kids. And, uh, you know, um, I know we're talking about X's and O's tonight, but, um, I, I just, 
Um, I'm also very big on um, developing a culture. And this is something I heard a long, long time ago that has stuck with me. And maybe this will stick with some coaches listening tonight. Um, I went to a clinic a long time ago. Um, we were, I was out in Washington, actually. So I flew out there with the girls coach, who's now our athletic director. And we both were going to implement um, Bob Kloppenberg's um, SOS defense, pressure defense, switching screens. So that was the reason why we went out there, because the Washington women's team um, was implementing it at the time. And then, but when we were out there, there was like the state coaches clinic. And I heard a guy by the name of Bruce Brown speak. And a thing he said was, he said, you know, 80% of your teams just kind of drift through the season, you know, where, when you get done, it's like, it's, it's okay. Yeah, it was fun. It was all right. But he said, those 20% are special. Hmm. And, you know, when I left that clinic, I vowed to myself that as long as I'm doing this, I'm going to try to be that 20% mm-hmm. where like, I, you know, like I really want to make this season, like, you know, this is the best program in the high school program in the country to play for. Mm-hmm. And we strive to do that and just making it really, really special. So I, I just, that really stuck with me. So I just wanted to share that. Maybe it'll stick with somebody else. Well, it's a great reminder for us as coaches, because if, especially as you've been coaching longer, it's like, you know, I've been coaching for 10 or 20 years. I got another 10, 20 ahead of me, but for those kids, they only get a couple of years and then it's over. Right. And so to make, to make every year count every year special is a great reminder for all of us. No, no doubt about that. And you've been running the five out for, for a little while now, and it's obviously becoming more and more popular. Tell us why you got into running five out and what the things that you really look for within the five out offense. Yeah, coach, you know, um, you know, I came across this offense. I mean, I don't know, maybe 15 years ago, I was at a, I was at the state tournament in Wisconsin and I watched this team run this five out and it was, it was a lot of screening, you know, a lot of staggers, a lot of singles. Um, but it was like, they were like, it was like impressive. So, um, so me and my assistant coach, uh, maybe in, in, in the spring of the year, we drove down to the coach um, that ran this offense and we spent about five hours with him. Um, and he, we saw him on the court a little bit because he was running a little camp. Um, and then we got to speak with him in the classroom and we brought it back to Rice Lake. And this offense has evolved. I mean, it started off with a base concept, but we have really um, um, involved the offense. But I, I'll say this. I, I think one of the best things that I have done offensively by far and away, in my opinion, has went um, to this offense. And I would say the biggest reason why is in, in, before I went to this offense, we ran a motion. What I mean by motion, like a Bobby Knight or a five-man motion um, where, you know, guys would be outside, guys would be inside, you know, but I always felt like I struggled to teach that with my youth kids, you know, like, Cause it's just kind of like random movement. Yeah. You had rules of structure, but it was hard for me to get that down at that level. But since I switched to this offense, now we have a progression. Our fifth graders are maybe doing a lot of five out passing and cutting our sixth graders. Now we might introduce a couple screening actions, you know, but by the time our kids are freshmen, they know we call it Beloit. They know what Beloit is. They know what that offense is. And to me, that has been a game changer, a game changer. Um, And it just really brought um, clarity to my youth program and getting my, and so these kids, when they're coming freshmen, they know the base of the offense. They know the terminology, they know the cuts. So that has been really, really a big piece of, um, I would say like, to me, it, it, I, I would try to, it, it just, it just became really, um, it just simplified things for my youth program and it just flows really well to the high school program. And that's the difference between having a team and having a program right there. And uh, you're implementing that at, 
you know, fifth grade level all the way and up. That's, that's tremendous for a coach listening. What are the shots that you try to hunt that you often get within this offense? Yeah. You know, we talk about like, we talk about like, we kind of like number our shot selection. Like we got it from, I believe it was point guard college, but we're hunting like sevens and nines. Sure. We're like, we're trying to get like shots. Like nines would be a shot where kids are making like, feel really, really confident about, you know, sevens are, you know, so we talk a lot about sevens and nines, but you know, I would say like, you know, um, um, we get shots obviously around the three point arc. We shoot a lot of threes, uh, but also we get shots going to the basket because as we may get into um, our podcast, we have, uh, like we incorporated more penetration, more ball screens, more DHOs, um, as the offense involved, but, you know, um, you know, I would, so I would say a lot of three point shots. I mean, I'm not hesitant to take a mid range shot. If kids can shoot that um, shots to the basket, but, but I think a big thing and no matter what offense you run is defining what a good shot is mm-hmm. and having um, that be a staple of your offense. Like um, whether you run a flex, the swing or whatever, um, you know, you, I think shot selections is so important. And mm-hmm. that's something we really try to preach, uh, preach our kids. And another thing I think about the beauty of this offense, you know, like you can get your best kids shots. Mm-hmm. And what I mean by that is like, you know, we have roles, we have slashers, we have creators, we have spotters, we have smashers. And our smashers are like guys that set a lot of screens you know, and they bought into that ter- that terminology smasher. You know, their coach, and they know, hey, we're a smasher. Coach, I'm, I'm really working hard to try to be a spotter. But I guess the point I'm trying to get at is, is I would say most coaches want their best players taking shots, taking most of their shots. But the beauty of this offense is, like, if I'm screener, screening for one of my better players who's being denied or or as I'm screening – my guy's looking to show now I can slip to the basket because in this offense, we always got one guy coming, you know, um, uh, to the perimeter and one guy going to the basket. Um, mm-hmm. So I think the, the shot selection piece, and I think it really flows well with identifying roles um, for your players. And another thing I think I really like about it, there's a big piece of the why is there structure, but yet there's freedom. Right. There is a base offense to it. That's why I love about with the youth because, and it's not a continuity, but there's structure to mm-hmm. it. You can make it continuity yet, if you really wanted to. You could, you could, but yet you got to, but yet there's reading, right? How's a defender playing me? You know, am I going to curl? Am I going to straight cut? Um, am I going to refuse? So there's that type of element as well. And another thing I like, I love about this coach is, is, you know, I ran this offense with uh, someone that got drafted in the NBA who was 6'10". And, and the thing that I loved about it and I, and I, and I think he really appreciated and probably college coaches as well was um, he had the freedom to post up Hmm. and the play on the perimeter. And I think, like, especially at the youth level, I think you're doing kids a disservice. Let's say we, you know, you have a kid six, two in seventh grade. Well, you know what? He may not grow anymore. Mm -hmm. And if you pigeonhole him and say, okay, hey, this guy, we got to get him in the post. He's going to be in the post. And you're not, like, letting him play on the perimeter, not letting him handle the ball. I I think you're not – you're doing him a disservice. Mm -hmm. Um. And, and that's what I really love about this offense. Like, well, you know, people might listen to might be like, well, what if you got a good post player? Awesome. Because there's so many ways I can show you how to get in the post, like by setting a screen and diving into post, mm-hmm. setting the flare screen and diving into post or coming off the screen, curling and getting into post. And to me, that is harder to defend than if you are just, whatever playing a four out one in 
And now I feel like I can scheme defensively, you know, how we're going to guard him. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. are we going to double? Are we going to dig? Because he's right in the post. But I think with this offense, there's a lot of ways to get in the post. Um, and that's one thing I really like about it as well. You know, I, that's one thing that I picked up from watching some of your game film this season was, you know, when people think generally a five out, they think for the most part players stay on the perimeter, but especially the way you run your offense, that's not the case. There's a lot of options for kids to post up, get a look. You guys post up hard, you look for it. Uh, and so it's, it's, it'd be lazy for us to say five out is just three point line bombing a bunch of threes. I mean, it's very much inside and outside a lot of movement and a lot of spacing. Can you talk a little bit about the spacing that you use and how that also goes back into the labels that you've given players, slashers, spotters, smashers, and creators, and, and where you like those within those spots? Well, yeah. And I would say like, you know, so we run a two-sided five-all break. Um, if you want to learn about the two-sided break, um, go to YouTube, put on Brent Tipton. He's the best. It's phenomenal. Brent Tipton, phenomenal. But we run a five-out, two-sided break. That's something that we probably went to about, I think this was year three with it. And I love it. And But basically, we don't run anybody to the rim. Obviously, if you're out in front and there's nobody by you, go to the rim. Not a problem. Um, but typically, like on a made basket, some years we would be like, hey, whoever's closest, take it out and go. Some years we would be, we might designate guys. But, you know, so we want the corners filled. Okay. Um, then on a made shot, we typically will dribble the 45 or look to advance it ahead to the two side or to the one side. And whoever takes out is our trailer. So basically you got wing top, wing corner, corner filled. And then from there, so we might run some, we call them triggers, you know, uh, where we might run like, I call it Chicago, but some people might call like a zoom action. So we might, we might run a trigger. And if we don't have anything, then we'll flow into Beloit. And typically we'll have maybe three, three, maybe four triggers that we'll run like a drag ball screen, um, Chicago, uh, Chicago reverse. Um, them are our base three triggers that we'll run out of transition. Then we'll flow into boy. But typically, you know, those are the four spots that are five spot on the perimeter. But, you know, like if you would set a screen and you slip to the rim, you have an opportunity to post up. So, like, we would kind of feel like the dunker spots in dribble drive per se. Um, but on missed shots, we might dribble it up the middle and then fill the two wings and corners and get right into our offense. So as you're bringing the basketball down the court, if you haven't you know, gotten a quick up, I like to say quick up anyway, uh, of some type of shot in transition because the defense hasn't, hasn't recovered yet, I mean, you, you got some zoom action options, the bigs trailing, so you can get into some drag drag ball screens. And a lot of times if, if you can get something out of that, right, those are some of the immediate initial things that you're looking within your offense. And then, okay, that doesn't work. Now we're running more of our traditional five out. What are some of the common actions that you've used to be successful? Yeah. So like, um, if we're not running, um, a trigger, or if our trigger wasn't there, we'll, we'll get into our base offense. And basically um, we have, so within, within our offense, we number our cuts and we could talk about that later. But um, some key things is getting to set up points when coming off the screens, um, waiting for the screen to happen, reading your defender, um, Varying your cuts. Hmm. Um, but them are some of the keys, like when running this offense. But just let's just say the ball's at the top of the key. And I throw the ball to the left wing. You could basket cut, basket cuts is zero. Everybody would fill up. Um, you could pass to the left wing and go 
screen away to the right wing. So as I'm screening away, um, that person needs to get to the setup point. And that is like probably below the free throw line, um, you know, maybe a foot from the lane line. We call that like our setup point. Now our screener is going to headhunt. He is trying to screen a body. Now we want to, we want to wait. We want to be patient. And now we're reading a defender. Now we might curl cut. Mm-hmm. If we curl cut to the basket, the screener Popeyes, we call it Popeye. And that's another thing I love about this offense, the terminology, you know? So like if, if I go screen for you and you curl to the basket, I would pop by back to the top of the key for a ball reversal. And, I, and I'm just being honest. A lot of times that's wide open. That's hard to yeah. defend. You know, two years ago, I had one kid made a living off of that action. But that's, <laughs> that, we just call that Popeye. Or he could make a straight cut. So if he, if I screen for you and you get to the set a point and you straight cut, um, you can shoot that. Now I would, um, we call it slip. I would slip to the basket, look for the ball. Mm-hmm. Um, and then if I don't get it, I fill out. Um, or you could refuse to screen. Like I screen for you, you could make a hard refusal. I would again pop by, you would get out. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so them are like kind of the base screens, but like, and, and I don't know if this is going to make sense, but I, cause I'm not drawing anything up, but like, let's just say like, um, I pass to the right wing and I go set a screen and you make a curl and you go to the basket. Okay. And if I pop by back to the ball and I catch it, I could catch and shoot it. Or if you catch and drive it, we're almost kind of like in a dribble drive spacing now. Mm-hmm. And that would create a double gap. So there's multiple ways where I can create double gaps within this offense. Um, um, well, you can stagger screen. So this is what I think the beauty of this offense is. So let's just say like the ball's on the wing right now. I'm just saying the ball's on the wing and there's a shooter in the corner. Okay. I reverse the ball to the top and then I swing it. So I reverse the ball. And instead of going to set that single screen action that I just talked about, because I know I'm on the wing and I know my buddy below me is a better um, is a better um, shooter than me. So I'm going to go pass it and the guy in the corner is going to get to the short corner. And now we're going to set a stagger screen for him. And we call that like 22, 22 is our stagger. But off that you have so many things to do. Like if you straight cut that, the second screener slips to the basket, gets out. If you come off that stagger and you refuse or curl the first screen, we call it second action. So now like, let's say you were my the first screener of the stagger and I curled it and I'm the second screener, I'm gonna screen for you and bring you back to the top. We just, we call that second action or slingshot. Um, so there's multiple things you can do out of that. The other thing you can do is this. So like, let's say I got the ball and on the, we call it like elbow reads or below the elbow reads. So like if, if I have the ball on the wing, if I'm going to like an elbow read would be mean, I'm either going to set a stagger or I'm going to flare. So let's just say now you're at the top of the key and you knock down two threes and I'm on the wing and I reverse the ball to you and you swing it. So when I reverse the ball to you, I'm recognized you're a shooter. I'm going to start going to the elbow and I'm going to be calling your name out and I'm going to set a flare screen for you. You'll come off the flare screen. Then I'll dive. And our corner guy, our corner guy that um, is on my side, the flare screener side fills up for ball reversal, Uh, which that again, trying to listen and figure that out. I'd be more than happy to share this. I have this all on paper more than happy to share with anybody that that's listening. Um, so that's kind of like our base offense, you know, and, and kind of like, it just, it can flow, you know, it just flows really well. Mm-hmm. Um, 
this year we ran more fives, which are ball screens, and we ran more eights, which are dribble handoffs. But again, like I said, the beauty of one beauty of this, you can fit it towards your personnel. We had one kid this year who, you know, was not very skilled. So teams wouldn't guard him, right? But he was a smart player. So every time he had the ball, he was dribble handling, handing mm-hmm. up the run in the eight, a handoff for someone, or passing and ball speed for someone. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so we really try to fit this the best we can, like giving guys their strengths, you know, and knowing that, hey, I'm a smasher, so I'm looking to set some flares, some staggers. You know, like if you're a smasher on the wing and I reverse the ball, I probably don't want to screen for you, you know. And if I do, I'm probably going to refuse your curl versus coming to the top. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so them are like our bait, kind of a lot of our base stuff. And then, you know, we have other, I don't want to, I don't, for the better, I'll just call more advanced mm-hmm. actions. Like we have mm-hmm. a pin in which we run this a lot, but like if you have a shooter and this is really hard to guard, but if you have a shooter, um, uh, let's just say I, you screen for a shooter on the wing. I pass to the left wing. I go screen for that shooter. Um, and he curl cuts it and he's not open. The guy that was in the corner on his side now comes in and sets like a down screen for a pin in. So now the guy guarding the shooter has to defend a curl. Now he has to set a pin and screen, you know, so, and we call that a two nine. Now we never, when I first implemented this offense, we didn't number our cuts, mm-hmm. but then as again, the offense evolved, now we number our cuts, but we don't call numbers every time down the floor, you know, but let's just say, Hey, you know, you, you came down, man, and you hit a couple threes. I might want to get you a three. I'm like, hey, we're running, we're running, you know, two nine for Steve. We're running two nine for Steve, you know, and now he's going to come off a curl and into a pin it, mm-hmm. you know, or we're like, hey, let's run a 22 for Tyler right now, you know, so that our guys know we're running a stagger for Tyler, you know, um, you know, so we can call numbers out. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, it's- like a zero four, a zero four would be, I, I would come down. I hit the wing, I make a zero, a zero cut, which is a basket cut. You fill up, right? You reverse the ball. Now we're setting to four, which is a flare. So we might run zero four and get right into our offense. Mm-hmm. You know, so that, that the one I do like the number of I do like numbering our cuts. Mm-hmm. But again, I'm not every single possession calling out numbers. Right. But if I really see something or I really want something then we'll call out a number like a six would be a back screen in our offense. And uh, we, re- we don't back screen very often. We like when we throw the ball to the corner, which is kind of not going to really try to explain that. But um, when we throw the ball, to the corner, we'll have a back screen um, option. When we throw it to a corner, um, another option, if we throw it to the corner, we'll dive to the basket and the corner guy would have the freedom to drive it off mm-hmm. me. And mm-hmm. I would fill in. So we have a couple of corner options that we run. Um, but we also have like, so we call combo numbers, like would be two, nine, three, nine, zero, four. But also we have three, like three digit numbers. Like we might go zero, six, one would be a basket cut into a bass screen into a straight cut. Mm-hmm. And it, it may sound complicated, but it's very, very simple. Yeah, and well, I mean, you simplified it by it. given the terminology, the number to, of the cuts, right? And so, right. I mean, that's tremendous. You got certain actions uh, that have names like Popeye that you mentioned, right? Uh, you give the numbered cuts. And so you're able to see something and call it and get very specific or let the kids play within their motion and make the reads on their own which is tremendous. You give certain players certain responsibilities as well. So they know their job. Okay. If you're a smasher, right. I'm not looking to come off and pull a bunch of threes, right. That's not my, my job within uh, the offense and the team structure that we have. It's not one of my strengths. And so by getting specific in other areas, you're really giving kids more freedom 
in the, in the big picture to, to play the game, how long, like, I mean, obviously you're always growing as a coach. You're always making tweaks. As you said, you implemented more ball screens and dribble drives this season, even though you just broke down for, I don't know, five, 10 minutes, all the screening and cutting actions, right. You're using the ball screens and the handoffs as well this year. How long has it taken to, you know, continue to progress to the point that all the kids coming up, they know the names, they know the terminology and, and the vocabulary of your offense. Well, I would tell you this right now, coach, I would say if you would um, talk to every one of our incoming freshmen that are eighth graders right now, and you talk, like, you know, say, hey, give me five terminologies of Lloyd. They're going to be able to tell you Popeye, curl, straight, refusals. You know, they're going to, they're going to know that right away. Now, they, again, they don't, they don't, at that level, they're not running much dribble handoffs. Uh, they might run some ball screen stuff. Uh, they might get into a like a little bit of pin-ins, you know, but I would say like our kids coming in, they're going to have a great understanding of our terminology offensively. Now, like for us, I mean, we've been running this forever. So like I said, I, I don't know if you're going to, as a first year coach, if you want to implement this system, if you're going to be able to run, you know, like dribble handoffs and, Eights, but I think you could definitely get like your basket cuts, your straight cuts, your curls, your refusals, your flares, even the pin it. Um, and, um, and, you know, obviously maybe by halfway through, you're like, Hey, they, they, they understand this. They, they, they're getting they're grasping this. Mm-hmm. Now we can maybe advance it. Mm-hmm. But I also, another thing coach I like about it is you can do a lot of these teaching, like in your shooting drills, right? Right. Like you can run shooting drills and you're teaching your number cuts, you know, where you got like multiple guys getting shots and trying to make it as game like as possible. You know, I got, um, you know, we, we do a lot of three on three stuff with this offense. Um, you know, so you can break it down obviously as well. Um, you know, but, um, for us, the system has been really good. Um, and you know, another thing I really think too, you know, the beauty about this offense is now we're in a state that doesn't have a shot clock in Wisconsin. I would love a shot clock. I really would love it, but we don't have one. So like if we're outmatched, you know, we can be patient in this offense. You know, like we talked about shot selection. That's huge for us. And valuing the basketball is really important for us. Um, but we have played, again, our conference, I would say probably four or five of our schools double our enrollment. And there's a lot of nights you're watching warm-ups and you might be thinking, boy, this is going to be ugly. But if you can get your kids to take good shots, if you can take your kids, get your kids to value the ball, um, and then I would say thirdly, you know, that this offense allows you to set a lot of screens to reverse the ball. And I think the defense has a tendency, they don't want to guard long. So they're going to get confused. They're going to relax. And now you might hit them boom for, for, for an easy shot, Mm -hmm. you know, and this is something I want to touch on too. Like, and it's funny because just like, I'm sure a lot of coaches debate like, you know, you know, every year, you know, maybe, maybe we should run this or maybe we should run that or, you know, but I just keep going back to this, but I guess where I was going with this was, you know, I, I like a lot of the concepts of the dribble drive, trying to create double gaps, but I just like, I always feel like, I always feel like, I don't know if I have enough kids that can penetrate that can shoot it when we get against a good team, are we going to be able to run dribble drive? And I always feel like, I, I just feel like, no, I don't. Mm-hmm. So what the one thing we have done and it has been, and I, it has been successful for us. Um, a lot of our sets are very simple sets. I call them attack sets. Like we might like, for example, we want run that we call it, um, 
we call it um, through where it's a basic dribble drive principle. But what I like about it is I can put my players where I want them. So for example, like I'll put my best shooter, let's say maybe in the right corner, I'll put my best penetrator uh, maybe like in a slot. And then the point guard comes up. We hit my best penetrator. We cut through. Okay. Now it creates that double gap to the right. So now I have my best penetrator, my best shooter in the corner, and I'm trying to create like a layup or force a situation. If I'm going to help, it's going to be to my best player. So we'll run a lot of things like where we are creating double gaps, Mm -hmm. but then if we don't have anything, we always go back to Bloyd. So like, we're like, Hey, once our neutral, like once we don't have an advantage and the defense becomes a neutral, then we'll go to, uh, we'll get into Bloyd. Like, so like maybe on a dead ball, I might, Hey, we're running through for Zach. So we come down, we hit Zach on the left. We have a guy in the left corner, a guy in the right corner, a guy in the dunker spot, right? So your dribble jive formation. We run through for Zach. We hit Zach. We cut through. Now we're trying to – we got the double gap. We're driving it, lay it, drive it, kick it, drive it for the dunker, whatever. And then once we don't have that advantage, hey, now we got to get back to run and blow it. Mm-hmm. And for our kids, it hasn't been, like, a tough thing to do. You well, know? you read my – you know, my, my thoughts were for coaches listening that are more familiar with dribble drive, but they want to they want to build into some of the concepts that you're talking about is you're, you're really you can start with a lot of the structure of dribble drive and then start to add in some of the actions that you're talking about. And it may be a little bit easier for kids to, you know, you can kind of spoon feed them a little bit of, of some of the actions that you're running off the ball so much uh, because dribble drive is uh it's, it's like an easy structure, right. To, to start with, um, which can be very helpful with all the things that you guys run. You also said you added in more dribble handoffs and ball screens. Can you give us an example or two of how that worked within your offense? Yeah. You know, like, um, just for example, like, let's just say like that one young man I was describing earlier that couldn't shoot the ball very well. And people went guard him. So let's just say he came to the top of the key, caught the ball. Okay. Which you could, you know, people weren't denying him the ball because they were sagging off him. So he would catch it. Let's say he reversed the ball. So one thing you do is catch it, reverse it, flow right into a ball screen, you know, just set the ball screen. Um, and then we would play out of that. You know, he would roll and eventually we would get back into where we needed to be, or he could catch it, you know, on the perimeter, um, and DHO to a guy, you know, just kind of like randomly do that, you know, um, not really no like um, set or anything like that, but it's like, Hey, uh, Thomas was his name, Thomas. Hey, you look to set a lot of fives and a lot of eights. Eights was our dribble handoffs, you know? So that was his role. You know, he would also screen stuff like that, but um you know, it just made it hard, hard to guard. Would you, you know, use um, like, we're going to use a, we're going to go DHO on the left side while we're using a, a one on the other side. Like, would you, would you make little calls like, like that, or just let the kids kind of do their thing or both? You know, I would say probably more so let the kids do their things for that. You know, now we would, obviously if we were going to run a set, we may run like a, a set that involved the DHO on the one, on one side and a flare on the other side, you know? Um, but, um, so we would talk about, about, uh, that as well, but, um, I have seen this offense run at a very high level. There's a lot of teams in Wisconsin that run it and run it really well. Um, you know, and for the most part, a lot of my friends that run this offense have experienced, um, success with it. And, just really enjoy running it. And I, I, the other thing is I think the kids enjoy running it as well. Um, I mean, and you brought up a good point earlier, coach, like if you're watching like college basketball, I mean, Miami, uh, a ton of these schools, Furman, 
um, are running variations of five out, right? A ton of it, whether it's it's screening or not screening, but a lot of people are running. So like what I'll, like, I just, I'll display, you know, watch teams, DVR teams, call coaches up. And if there's actions I like, we'll try to just incorporate this into our system if we really like it, you know? Like I was watching um, Furman the other night and I think actually somebody posted something on YouTube that I was watching where um, let's just say like I'm on the wing, I'm coming down and um, the trailer screens away and the guy curls it. And now the guy Popeye's back to the top of key, the big does, you throw it to him and then you could go and get it back mm-hmm. like a throw and go, mm-hmm. you know? So there's like, you know, all things you can, you can do, you can add, you can tweak, you know, but I think the big thing is just trying to make sure that it fits your personnel. Um, and, and I would say this, like, you know, and I would say dribble drive offense is an offense. You, you definitely could teach to younger levels. I mean, there's no doubt about that, but you know, I, I, and I, and I just keep going back to like, it depends on your situation, right? I mean, if you're at a school that um, has a ton of athletes, you know, maybe a basketball school, and you got multiple multiple kids that are skilled and they can shoot it, you know, maybe the dribble drive is a great offense for you, you know. Um, and but I just feel the school that I'm at, we're not we have multi-sport athletes. I mean, mm-hmm. like we got kids playing two or three sports, and I don't have every kid in the gym working out, uh, you know, becoming elite shooters and ball handlers. So that, that's just hard for me to, um, to run it. I would also say this coach. I mean, it's like, I, I think this is really important. Whatever you do, you got to believe in your system. You got to have confidence in teaching it and you got to have a great vision and passion to sell it to your kids, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and that's stuff that we, we strive to do. Yeah. We like to play fast, um, you know, um, but that's, you know, we're still striving to, to play faster than what I would, I would like to play faster. Cause I just, it's a fun way to, to play. Um, you know, so I think just selling your system, getting buy-in to your players. Um, I, I think all is, all that is really, really important mm-hmm. to try to do things like that. You know, whether it's, offensively defensively you know um you better you better you better like um i don't want to say i don't know if passion is the right word but your excitement enthusiasm for what you're teaching your kids because they're gonna know Mm -hmm. in my opinion it's like they're gonna know that hey this guy believes in it you know um they know it's successful um and I, i think that goes a long way as well if, if you don't believe in it, they're surely not going to, there's no doubt. <laughs> there's no doubt about, there's no doubt about that. It, you know, you did a great job just painting a picture of the diversity of this offense. And to go back, you said it a couple of times, you just said, it, you said it in the beginning, you can mold this to fit the strengths and weaknesses of your own players, which is tremendous. And it's not something that is, uh, you know, stuck on the perimeter. I mean, I've watched your game film, right? I mean, you you guys look look for post actions, whether it's come off of a, a hard curl into a post, slipping into a post, you, you know, you get a couple seconds in there to post up. You, you guys do a good job of, of looking for those post options, and then you get back out and continue to run your offense. So uh, it, it's very much like I think that some, not so much, but there's still, you know, when you hear five out, some coaches feel like, well, it's kind of soft, right? It's kind of soft. Like you don't want to get in there and, and you know, you guys run a physical, you, you, you got smashers for a reason, right? You guys have set physical screens, you cut hard, you post up card, and this is a bear to play defense on, right? I mean, this is a tough offense where you're going in, you're saying, okay, we're playing Rice Lake. Great. Right. Well, our school may be twice as big as, as you guys, we got to play Rice Lake tonight. You know how many screens we're going to have to run through? 
you know, how much communication that we're going to have on, on different screens and actions that you guys are running. Very, very uh, difficult offense to guard, which, which um, you know, is is what every coach wants to have. Uh, coach, how did the, how does this affect you? You a couple kind of smaller questions here. How do you think this affects you from an offensive rebounding standpoint, or, or is that something that you know you you spend a lot of time working on or not? Yeah, we do, you know, and we kind of go back and forth. Um, you know, this year we went to our first year, we went to like running the pack defense. And I would say like a lot of pack coaches feels like, you know, send three to boards, two back. But we've been experimenting with um, um, called tagging up. And tagging up is we pretty much send all five guys to the boards for the most part. And you're trying to get like to the middle of the floor, um, trying to create 50-50 balls. But like basically, so if your guy gets the rebound, that's your kind of matchup right now, right? But what I like about tagging up is you're trying to develop that offensive rebounding mentality. Um, whether you're on the perimeter or not, you're still trying to go to the glass. But it, I, I really like it because it just – Again, that, that terminology tagging up. Now, you know, we're watching film. We're like, hey, you know, look at Zach. Look at him tag up here. Or, you know, look at Thomas. Look at that tag up here. You know, so – but – so we, we – we, I'll be honest with you. We really try to get four or five to the glass. Mm -hmm. um, but there might be a team, if we feel like it's playing extremely fast, we may send a couple guys back. Sure. Um, but I love that tagging up. Um, there's some good stuff out there on it. Um, and I, and I just think that again, that's something I feel that word, the terminology, um, it just really helped us out, um, in our offensive rebound. And I, I really believe that. Um, I haven't heard somebody bring up tagging up in, in a little while. Um, I like that. I've, I haven't heard it. I haven't, it's been a little while since I've heard a coach talk about doing that um, as far as offensive rebounding, getting back. And you feel like that's, you know, unless they have a player that can really, he's got some wiggle and they got some speed to get down court. That's been uh, helpful with your transition defense as well. Yeah, it has been, it, you know, it has been, it really has been. Um, so um, that's what we've been kind of experimenting with the last couple of years, I would say. Mm -hmm. Very cool. Um uh, Coach, this was, this was great. I mean, about been about here about an hour. This went by fast. Uh, to our coaches that are listening, thank you guys for taking the time to listen to Coach Orr. Uh, obviously, a lot of passion for for his game. Um, I'll put his contact information in the description below. Uh, Coach, I want you to. I mean, we'll talk after this podcast, obviously, but uh, to share in more detail of what you have going on with our coaches, edge out coach members, uh, at one of our zoom meetings, that'll be tremendous, uh, as well as more coaches are trying to figure out this time of year of what are some of the tweaks or maybe changes that they need to make, uh, moving yeah. forward in the next season as well. Absolutely. I would, I would be more than happy to, um, anybody that like reaches out to me, I can send them film on huddle. Uh, we have a lot of this stuff broken down. Um, I have stuff on paper, be more than happy to, send that stuff. And then again, if we in the near future get on a, um, a call where we can kind of ha I would have it laid out where we can see things and film and stuff like that. So I'd be really excited about that. Yeah. We'll get a screen share uh, lined up and we'll get a coach's call going with some other members that want to jump in. Uh, no doubt, no doubt about that. Uh, speaking of that, I mean, you joined coach's edge this, this fall, you know, what made you join our membership? Well, you know, I, I think, again, I'm, I'm a, I, I feel like I, I would hope no matter where you are at in your journey as a coach, that you're still striving um, to improve, to learn, to get better. Um, and, you know, I, I think once you stop doing that, I, I think it's probably time to get out of coaching, to be honest with you. But you know, I remember a story about John Wooded. He might have been retired. He was at a coaching clinic sitting in the front row taking notes. I mean, here's a guy that won how many national championships, right. yeah. and he's there taking notes. But I, I guess my point is, it's like, you know, so just, um, I'm I, again, I'm continually looking to grow. Um, I was really impressed with what you offer. But I think more importantly, I was um, impressed with your passion to help 
coaches to be their best. And I think there's a lot, I don't want to say a lot, but I know there's other services out there that, you know, don't offer that, that one-on-one or someone that is going to get to know you as a person, someone that's willing to um, help your program um, grow, whether it's skill development or whether it's um, watching uh, game film and giving you some advice on, Hey, this is what I see. You know, so I think that that connection, that one-on-one um, um, separates you from maybe some of the other programs out there. And again, I think you want to see your members grow and be the best coach and person that they could possibly be. And I think that's awesome. Yeah, no doubt about that. We definitely are. I'm, I'm definitely pulling for, especially as uh, February, March starts to pull around. I'm, I'm like... They try to keep in touch with every every member. Wow, how's how's the season going? And, and uh, start start you know getting a little antsy hearing uh, some of those those results as well. So I definitely appreciate that, Coach. Why don't you uh, share to our listeners you know where we could learn more about you or, or find you online? Yeah, so um, I'm on Twitter, and it's at RL Warriors, I believe it is. Um, so that's. I mean, I'm on there quite a bit. Um, you know, I, I guess that's, or, or my email, my email would be or O R R K at rice dot K 12 dot W I dot U S. Um, my cell phone, seven, one, five, five, six, three, zero, six, three, one, uh, would be the best ways to get a hold of me. And, um, you know, I'm all about sharing um, um, because to me, there's no secrets out there and people have helped me out and I want to try to help other people out. Even if it's not offense, if they want to know like, Hey, what do we do culture wise? You know, what do we do in the summer? Whatever. Um, I'm, I'm here to help and plus learn from other people as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no doubt about that. I mean, I think there's so much value in you know, these peer to peer relationships where we can share, you know, successes, we can share some of the struggles, we can ask questions with one another and learn from uh, each other's experiences. And, and and you're clearly one of those people that is, is passionate about not just your team being successful, but helping other people grow with their knowledge and their passion as well, which, uh, you know, we're in the same boat on that one. I certainly appreciate it. So uh, thank you to our Coaches Edge members for uh, listening. Uh, Coach Orr, can't thank you enough for for taking the time out of your your evening to share a little bit of the five out offense that you guys do. This was just a a tremendous. This was like a you know a mini masterclass on uh, trying to get inside. I know it was, it was good for me to hear you say some of the things. And I'm saying okay, that's what I saw watching game film. Like that makes sense here. That makes sense here. Um, so coaches, be sure to reach out to Coach Orr if you have any other questions. He's uh, a great student of the game as well. So whatever you're doing today. Get after it. Coach Orr, can't thank you enough. Thank you.